Hello, and welcome to Point of View, where we give students a place to listen, learn, and lean in. I'm your host, Marcus Kim. Logan Cosper. Carlos Sandoval. And today, we're joined with a special guest. Luke Marshall. All right, well, today we'll be discussing what came first, the chicken or the egg, and a series of other very, very silly questions. So like the title says, uh, what came first, the chicken or the egg? I've actually been kind of fiending for this uh, podcast for the better part of a year, and finally, finally, we get to discuss it. And honestly, I'm going to be real, the chicken came first. Uh, before we dissect why you're wrong, okay, Carlos, where do you stand? Uh, the egg definitely okay. came first. I stand with egg as well. Where do you stand? Luke? I'm also an, an egg. Okay, oh so it's 3v1. We're not going to do inherently majority rules. Why do you say the chicken comes first? All right, bro. So, listen, last year I took AP Psychology. Low-key, low-key a snoozer class. Like, it, it was a fun class, right? But I... I was kind of snoozing in that class, right? right. Um, but one thing, like, really caught my eye. It was, like, nature versus nurture, right? It's, like, there's no, like, inherent winner, but, like, it's also tied to, like, AP Lit, like, what makes you who you are, right? It's, like, the the things, there's, like, a, the split of, like, your genetics, and there's also, like, how you're raised, right? So let me propose this, right? There's a chicken named... James. James is born, and he's a normal chicken, right? However, one day, he gets his left leg chopped off by a red monster, right? Why does the... Why does... Whatever, whatever. Okay, listen. So now the, the chicken James is classically conditioned to be scared of red monsters, right? So then James, he meets this chick named Woman Chicken. <laughs> Wait, chick is in child chicken or chick is in female? Female, right? No, okay, female so chicken. James uh, lays an egg. So James lays an egg, and give and James he gives birth to um, his son uh, Bob, right? So then James has lived his whole life being scared of a of the color red, right? So now James teaches his son Bob to be scared of red things without okay. Bob even knowing why. Um, he has to be scared of red to begin with. Wait, listen. So the genetics are the same. However, the generation of Bob forward will now always be scared of the color <laughs> red. Okay, sure. I'm not going to fault any of that. That is the general idea of nature versus nurture. That doesn't say which came first. You just went into an entirely unrelated rant about nature versus Why does the chicken come first? I'm giving you another chance. Why did the chicken come first? Because now there is the generation no. of uh, red scared chickens starts with a chicken. It, the, the generation of this mutation of chickens that are scared of the color red started with a chicken. But that's not a genetic trait, right? It, yeah, it's, but, it's not. So that's why it started with a chicken. But this chicken that started at, like, it started the tradition of being scared of red, it hatched from an egg, correct? I think you're actually arguing for the egg side, Marcus. I think he is, yeah. Because you're saying, yes, it hatched from an egg, and then it became a chicken later on in its life after it had already hatched from the egg. No, but the genetics of this the chicken Bob shouldn't be scared of the color red. It's not in the genetics to be scared of the color red, right? But this generation of new red scared chickens started off with James the chicken. I mean... What you're saying, evolution, think about it. If chickens evolved, right, from another species of maybe prehistoric chicken-like animal, 
Then the first chicken was hatched from an egg, correct? Correct. So before that egg, it was a completely different chicken. Or maybe not completely different, but slightly different. And so the chicken that we know today first came about because of that original egg. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Of course it makes sense, but like I'm still saying that. Okay. I think we should move on to the next hot topic. <clears throat> Luke, would you like to introduce this one? Our socks shoes is, is what we know to be a sock. Could that also be considered a shoe? And I'm here to say, yes, it is. Yes, it can be. I already know I'm outnumbered in belief because all three of you are very militant believers that a sock is indeed a shoe. Yes. I personally believe it is not. It's the general idea for me, at least, is the idea of the solid soul. That's what... The bottom of the sock is a sock. You can hurt yourself walking on it. It's not aiding you in your walk. It's just covering your feet. It's not helping you. It's not serving any function a shoe normally does. It's not, like, protecting you from getting infections. It's not stopping you from getting cut up by rocks. It's just something on your foot. And I don't think wearing something over your foot necessarily constitutes being a shoe. That's where I stand. How are you going to demarcate how much protection a shoe comes Right, that in. is where the issue comes in. There is a line that needs to be drawn, and I personally don't know where it should be drawn. Like, this is not something I am deeply informed about, and I could be in the wrong here. Socks could be shoes. But in my mind, at least, because I've been classically trained to believe this, but it just sounds wrong to call a sock a shoe in my head. You know, we're saying a sock is a shoe. We're not saying a sock is a well-made shoe. We're not even saying it's a decently made shoe. We're saying a sock is basically, in its essence, a poorly made shoe, but it is still a shoe, right? However little protection it does provide your foot, it's still more than nothing, right? The sole is still there, even if it's not as right. as stable as maybe a an Air Jordan 1, per se. <laughs> right. No, I see where you're coming from. Uh I guess the other thing that does stick out, they were never made with the intention of being a shoe. You can call it a poorly made shoe, but it wasn't made to be a shoe. But intention doesn't matter in this yeah. case. Yeah, Why? author's intention. It's it's like AP Lit. Author's intention, right? You care about... Do you care about the author's intention or how it's executed? We're talking about shoes, man. I, I think I'm being shallow. And I, uh... No, no, no. I think author's intention is... Who is uh, the author of shoes? The person God. who created the shoe. Jeff Shoe. Jeff so Shoe. In some, in some cases, author's intention could be the dominating factor. But, like, for example, uh, let's take Whistler's Mother, right? Whistler's Mother was an art piece that was intended to... Uh, it was literally just this guy uh, showing off how good of a painter he is, yet it turned into a symbol that represents motherhood and feminism and all those things. And even though that's not what the author intended, are you going to sit there and say, nope, this was never a symbol for feminism. This was never a symbol of motherhood. There's no happy ending for me here. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way I win now. Exactly. I, so. so I'm just going to concede. Hands up, white flag being waved, a sock can be a shoe. Wow. Yes. I'm t- wow. Path like of least resistance. You need, you need to join the revolution. I'm not sure who started this, this movement, this religious expedition, this, this travel, this arduous journey against the grain. But whoever this kind soul who started the socks or shoes movement, it was actually me. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You start. How do I? You started wait, the revolution. What? Wait, well, it, I can't take full credit. It was uh, me and Parker McKinney, um, who one day at lunch last year um, just thought of it out of nowhere. I think we were doing arbitrary would you rather questions, and we just came across this. And, you know, we were like, you know what? Maybe we don't actually think socks or shoes in the moment. But we're going we're gonna to act like we do, and we're going to convince others that we do. And then through that, I think Parker made a PowerPoint. Um, you know, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of stuff happened. And then we started believing in ourselves. We started realizing that maybe our argument was, was valid. So you psyched yourself into believing a sock is a shoe. Well, I, okay. I was originally like you, Logan. I didn't hold the belief. I was a non-believer. I was, I was a non-believer in this question that hadn't been posed yet, or as far as we knew. Um, but as I, we delved more into research and development, uh, Parker and I realized the correct answer was actually the one that we had been... <laughs> I, uh, well, the one we had been preaching. And I, I get spread around Northview because... This, I mean, we we'd spread it a little at, at lunch last year, but... This year, um, Parker and I decided to um, hold a national holiday. I think it was on September 15th. or t- No, 21st. 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 September yes. 21st, we dubbed uh, National Socks or Shoes Day. That was my birthday. Hey, I mean. Yeah, like I remember just coming into school like on my birthday. I'm like, why is nobody wearing shoes? Well, we were wearing shoes. Oh, of of course, but I, just, I, I hadn't been I hadn't been enlightened at that point. Yeah, we were we were only wearing one pair of shoes as opposed to the two pairs that are normally wearing or normally worn by the majority of the population. Of course, I this has been a very enlightening little foray into the start of this revolution. But I feel like we should move on. I, this is this was interesting though, and thank you for informing us about your of course, of course. little movement. I still can't get over it. I. I genuinely didn't know that you started the, like, movement. Like, I, I just thought it, like, popped up out of nowhere. It was like, like... Well, neat. Uh, so what's our next topic for right. Um, Let's see. Okay. Is a hot dog a sandwich? You spend time arguing. You're trapped in the matrix set up by the Illuminati. Sounds like a joker. Listen. <laughs> We in the society. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> no, no, okay. Anyway. Okay, listen, okay. All of us are arguing, we're spending our time arguing over is a hot dog a sandwich or not? But you fools, you don't realize they set it up. I don't know who they are, but they set it up. All this time that we could, that we spend arguing over is it a sandwich or not? You could just be eating a hot dog with that time. A hot dog. You could be eating a hot dog. A hot dog. You could be Not eating... No, no, no. You could be eating a hot dog instead of arguing. However, this imaginary force just planted the seed of information in our mind to waste America's time. So are you saying this conspiracy was started by sandwich makers to get people to eat less hot dogs? No, it was started by the Illuminati to decrease American productivity. Uh, so you think a hot dog is a sandwich, or a sandwich is a little... It's neither. It's Why do we argue? Instead of arguing, wait, just wait, wait, eat no, no. a if hot dog. If it's neither, what is it? Oh, it's a sandwich, obviously. <laughs> you just backtracked your way. 
Okay. Fair enough. I agree. Let's move on. <laughs> okay, so you think a hot dog is a sandwich too? I, I do think hot dog. Uh, Carlos, where do you stand on this? Depends on the time of day for me. Oh, this is such a bad argument. I'm sorry, Carlos. I'm, I, won't explain, I won't explain. No, you need to. You need to. You no, can't no, no, no. say depends on the time of day and not explain. No, I'm going to say depends on the time of day and leave it at that and our viewers or listeners <laughs> can figure out what that means. Leave no, no, you have to elaborate. No, you, you have, have to elaborate. elaborate. All right, give me an example. So is a hot dog a sandwich at noon, at lunchtime? Depends. When did you make the hot dog? You made, you made the hot dog like five minutes ago. Then yes, it's a sandwich. What about five hours ago? It's not a sandwich. Are you just saying words? Is there a, a clear structure behind this? Can yes. Hot, can a hot dog go through the green glass door? What, what is that? That's the next episode. <laughs> green glass door. You heard it here, guys. The green glass door is next. All right, so this is our final and most complicated question. So, there are nine, there's a group of nine animals. You will pick two of them to defend you, and the rest of the seven are coming to kill you. So, the animals are 50 hawks, 10 crocodiles, three brown bears, seven bulls, one hunter with a hunting rifle, 15 wolves, 10,000 rats, five gorillas, and four lions. So of those nine animals, which two are you choosing to defend you? Okay, so this is a really nuanced question because, like, your brain inherently tells... It tells a lot of people a lot of things. The first thing that pops into my brain is 10,000 is a lot of rats. You know what I mean? But then you have to account for... You need to pick things to take them away from opposing you. You know what I mean? Like, so you need to account for a lot of things. So my immediate answer before we delve into this is I think it is rats and gorillas. That is my immediate answer. Rats and wolves, the or not rats, um, the fifteen wolves and five silverback gorillas. Okay, Luke, I am definitely a believer in the ten thousand rats and fifty mm-hmm. hawks strategy. Uh, I agree with Luke. We have the same opinion. Okay, so what are the immediate most useless ones? Like okay, five. so that's that's a good strategy. We immediate we can immediately rule out four lions. Four lions, because not only there there's like. A class of animal here where it's just big animals uh, and you get a handful of them. There's gorillas, lions, and bears. And you could also include bulls in this. And of those four, lions are by far the weakest in terms of both how strong are they individually and you you only get four in comparison to five gorillas. I think a gorilla could easily take on a lion 1v1. And you get more gorillas. Honestly, a gorilla can do 1v2 against a lion. Obviously. Okay. 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 Well, that's right. It's better. Gorilla. Not to mention the the difference in intelligence, which is actually something that comes up often. And genuine anger. Have you seen the anger that gorillas have for just life in general? So let me me finish what I was saying. So intelligence is something that people often bring up. Like, are we assuming that these animals are as intelligent as they are at their baseline? Or are we assuming that you have complete command over them if you choose them to defend you? Oh, that's a really good point. Because that definitely shifts it a lot. That does shift a lot. Like, if you can't control them, 10,000 rats becomes a lot less appealing. Uh, well, if you can't control the rats, they are still defending you. 
So they're they're acting in their own interest, or not in their own interest, in the interest of defending you, but you are not going to... Yeah, just like not as an organized unit. Okay. Then, yeah, I feel yeah. like they act based on their own intel- their own instinct. I feel like that would be fair, as long as there's... You know what I mean? The, yeah, still incredibly The non control option. I feel like that... I'm probably just saying that because it helps me out specifically, but I think that's the way to go. Okay. The rats, 10,000 rats, it doesn't matter. They could be controlled by the smartest man alive. They could be controlled by the master manipulator, like any, like, they could be controlled by L from Death Note, right? What are 10,000 rats going to do against five beasts of 250 kilograms of pure athletic muscle? Of these silverback gorillas. Choke them. Are you serious? Bro, 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 bro. Okay, okay. Okay, do you know how, do you know how, like, girthy a gorilla fist is? Do you know how many rats is 10,000 okay, rats? Okay, but, like, let, let's say a gorilla, like, slams out like this. Like, like, let's say a gorilla gets, like, three slams per second. Bam, that's... that's 50 rats? Oh, no. 9,950 okay, okay. more to go. Okay, okay, but, okay. Let's, let's do some simple math. Let's say a gorilla can kill about 50 rats a second. Right? Uh, sure. Okay, so that's 250 rats per second, right? Because they're five gorillas, right? Or RPS. Or RPS, right? So we got 10,000. I have my calculator right here. 10,000 divided by, okay, what did we say? 250 RPS. 40 seconds to get rid of 10,000. In those 40 seconds, they're dead, dude. Think about it. They're not dead. No, you have to remember. You're smashing 50 with one fist, the rest are swarming you. Yeah, but yeah, but but it's five gorillas, bro. I think. Was there four? I think 200 rats could kill a gorilla. No, okay, dude, think about it. So their fists are occupied doing your slam thing, killing 50 rats per second. And then you got the 15 wolves. So then... Do you know how big wolves The The gorillas are slamming their fists. When are their hands going to find time to get the rats out of their eyes, which they are currently eating? Mm, Exactly. Just close your eyes, bro. Okay. They will chew through your eyes. Where are you smashing? Just randomly? Yeah. With no, no eyesight? Yeah. Okay. What's, What's preventing friendly fire? What about the rats crawling into their mouths? Let's just not start talking about horrible abominations rats just, can do. But, yeah, rats are... I feel like it's pretty easy to say that rats do beat gorillas. You guys ever watched my... Or, not watched. You guys ever read the Michael Vay series? I read it a while ago, but the basic premise is... Or the, the rat pertinent premise is there's this large company that... Deals with some sort of superpower, um, and they have created super children in a sense. Um, but they also electrify the rats, and they become like supercharged rats, and basically a hive mind as well, and able to like carry out specific duties. And it goes, that is a terrifying mental yeah, image. It was somewhat graphic for a, a kid's book. It was kind of tough, but it was a really good series. No, did I will keep that in mind. And that is evidence. It's not evidence, but it is. It definitely shifted my perspective. Right. No, I, I see what you mean. So I feel like we have at least gone to a relatively safe conclusion on the rats. I want to talk about your belief that 15 wolves mean anything. Do you I am know a... how big wolves are? Do you know how fast wolves are? Yeah, but... They're not bigger and faster than a crocodile. Yeah. Okay, okay so wait, wait, wait. crocodiles are better or than... Rat. Or <laughs> No, rat, rats are top of the top. We need to ignore oh, rats yeah, in this yeah. conversation. Great wolf... Top speed. Okay. I, I remember looking this up. Crocodiles can run at like 20 miles per hour. Let's see how fast it's above 20. Okay, yeah, 20 plus. Look it up. 40 miles per hour. Okay, 40 miles per hour. Sure. A how? wolf is the fastest thing here besides the hawks, but what are the hawks going to do? They're going to dive onto a wolf, and the wolf's going to freaking like chomp its head off. All right, this is... I will actually answer your question with one of my favorite arguments that I've heard. So, 
if we're assuming that this battle, right, it's in perfect conditions, meaning that all the animals have unlimited stamina, okay? So just, just bear with me. If we're assuming that, and we're assuming that the hunter has infinite ammo, then what you can do is you choose the hawks and the hunter, have the hawks carry you in the air, and then your hunter with unlimited ammo will slowly pick off all the rest of the animals one by one, and you'll win. Okay, no, no, no. Counter argument. You can't say unlimited Counter ammo. Counter argument. You can't. If you do. If you do, yeah. If you do, that's the winning trap. But you can't. You can't say unlimited ammo. Well, yeah. here. You can have one of your hawks go down, hunt a rat real quick, then bring the rat back up, use it as a bullet. No. <laughs> no. No, you cannot. Or, okay, you can have you can have it go pick up some stones, okay? And then just fly so far up that when you drop the stone, it'll be like an earthquake. I, have you guys not. ever watched Avengers Age of Ultron? No, that's not how we, physics let's, let's not Let's listen, not fall down this listen, path of just hawk random bullshit. Listen, I failed physics, but I'm pretty sure there's something called, like, like max velocity or something. Terminal velocity. Terminal yeah, velocity. Get a really big rock. <laughs> Great point. Great point. No. Um, okay, but we can all agree that the four lions are useless. Lions are F tier. A hot dog being a sandwich was a conspiracy created by the Illuminati to reduce productivity in the American public. Socks are most definitely shoes. And the egg came first. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yep. Okay, so we're all in agreement. I'm so glad we could come to Wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, I zoned out. Oh, I lose. Okay, good point. So, I hope that all our listeners go and have these conversations with your friends, come to some agreements and disagreements. I think it'll be a lot of fun. And I hope this insanity insanity didn't take too much of a toll on your own mental health. This concludes our conversation of what came first, the chicken or the egg. Thank you so much for listening. For a transcript of this episode, head to the Point of View tab on our website, nhsmessenger.org, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at NHS Point of View for updates and new episodes. I'm your host, Marcus Kim, Logan Cosper, Carlos Sandoval, and our special guest, Luke Marshall. And this has been Point of View.